0: And welcome to the Raven New Testament Church podcast. You are about to hear a powerful message. We hope that you are blessed and encouraged by this message today. Today hey, is Pastor Appreciation Day, and uh, we kind of agreed to give. Brother Bubba and Sister Brenda and Brother Tony and Sister Tabitha, the day off. We're gonna treat them today. It's uh, It's wonderful to be affiliated with a church that has such wonderful pastor and his wife and assistant pastor and his wife uh, leading us. And it's also wonderful to see smiling faces in the church because of that. Uh, a lot of churches can't say that, but I thank them. I thank all four of y'all for what y'all do <clears throat> for the church. And it doesn't only start with y'all four. You know, we got uh, Brother Kevin and Sister Trina and. Uh, Brooke and Adley and Jacob and Kim and Megan and Chez and it's just a big happy family. And we all may not be blood kin, but we're all brothers and sisters. And we treat each other as such. We don't have no arguing or bickering in in the church. And that's the way it should be. Brother Bubba is our shepherd Brother Tony is our assistant shepherd. They're not getting awards for all of this. They're giving God the glory, as we should. So today, let's appreciate our pastor and his wife and our assistant pastor and his wife. We're going to have a wonderful time. But let's not forget the main reason we're here. We're here for the capacity of God and to acknowledge Him in all of this. But now, if we will, let's go to the Lord in prayer, thanking Him and seeking His blessings upon this service today. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus this morning, thanking you for this beautiful day. We thank you for the cool weather, dear Lord. We know this is truly a day that you have made. We pray, dear Lord, that you will be with us today throughout this service. We pray, dear Lord, that you will bless Brother Bubba and Sister Brenda, Brother Tony and Sister Tabitha, as being our pastor and assistant pastor. And I pray, dear Lord, that you will continue to bless this church. Keep a hedge built around it and all of the members and members' families. In the holy name of Jesus, we ask these things. Amen. We got us a... Usually Bubba tells me, come on up, but I'm beating him up here today. We got us a good lesson today. Philadelphia the Loyal Church. I know we just prayed, but we can't pray too much. So we're going to have to pray again, and we're going to ask the Lord to bless me on this lesson today and uh, to help me convey His Word. Heavenly Father, we come to you again thanking you for this beautiful day. I pray, dear Lord, that you will bless this lesson today. Bless me as I try to get it across, dear Lord. Give me the words I need to speak, dear Lord. All these things we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Philadelphia, the Loyal Church. Our theme says loyalty is one of the most important values in a Christian's personal life. This church is an example of faithfulness and of the rewards that are promised them. We need to be faithful to this church, to what we're members of. But even more so, we need to be faithful to Christ. Because Christ holds our reward. And we will get that reward one day. That's what we're all striving for. More than one time, I have heard myself and Brother Bubba and Brother Tony and others in the church Say, come sweet Jesus. Come King Jesus. We want him to come. We want him to come and take us home out of this sinful world. And one day he's going to when God says that the time is right. He's going to speak those words, son, go bring my children home. And we're going to leave from here. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, Brother Bubba says that's like one-fifth of a second. That's quick. We're going to leave here, and there's going to be a lot of people looking around where to go. We went on. But we're all looking for that day and praying for that day. Our golden text comes out of Revelation 3 and 11. It says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Anytime you see the word behold in the Bible, that's someone trying to get your attention. And most of the time it's God and Jesus trying to get your attention. Jesus also said, I come quickly. He ain't going to dally around, ain't going to wait for red lights and stop signs. He's coming. Hold fast which thou hast. We have the glory of God in our soul and we've got to hold to that. And no man can take it away from us. We may lose our body. Be absent from his body means to be present with the Lord. So, let this world, if they want this beat up, battered, fat body I got, let them have it. I'm tired of it anyway, it hurts. Christ has got me a new body, each and every one of us. And he's going to give it to us one day. Our scripture reading today comes out of Revelation chapter 3, 7 through 13, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. Beginning in uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 says, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man open it. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all of the world, to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. He that overcometh will I make my pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake. For when I may am for when I am weak, then I am strong. Winston Churchill gave an address at a British university. He was near the end of his life and had to be helped to the podium. He held on to the stand for a long time. The leader finally raised his head and spoke publicly. Publicly, for the last time in history, never give up, never give up, never give up. Then he turned and went back to his seat. The whole audience gave a standing ovation. The man was rallied. The man rallied his country from the brink of destruction in World War II, and made a made personal political comebacks. The message's inspiration was in his life, not in the words. Philadelphia is a powerful message of the importance of faithful loyalty. That should be something that we should hold to, is never give up. When Satan puts a little grease on that rope, tie another knot in it and hold on. Don't give up. Don't stop. When this world comes against you, and it does and it will, whenever it tries to stomp you down, that's when you're the strongest. Christ said, in our weakness, we're strong as long as we have Christ. now if we don't have Christ in our life, we're no better than Satan. But we've got to have Christ in our life because people that don't understand, it's our job to help them understand hell is a bad place. You ain't going to be walking around down there with your friends laughing and joking and carrying on. From what I understand, you're going to be in a void. You're going to hear wailing and gnashing of teeth. You're going to hear people crying out to God, but it's too late. That's the reason I say a lot of times there's no salvation on the other side of the grave. Only here. We have been afforded the time to repent, which none of us knows when our number is called. So we should make good of the time. I thank God for the opportunity that he gave me to get right with him. I lay down at night with a woman I love if I don't wake up the next morning, she should not give up because one day we'll be together again. I understand that we're going to know as we're known. That means I'll know her. She'll know me. I'll know each of you. But we can't give up. We've got to hold fast, as Christ is telling us, to our salvation. We've got to hold on to it. We can't let man take it away from us. Our salvation is our crown, and we cannot lose it. Philadelphia was a city in Asia Minor that had been devastated by earthquakes and was rebuilt in <clears throat> A.D. 17. Turkey is the country that this city is located. modern town called here had a nominal group of Christians present until World War I. Most of them moved to Greece after the war. <clears throat> this letter is different from all the others to the churches of Asia. Smyrna and Philadelphia are the only two congregations that did not receive a rebuke from the Lord. That should be something to be most happy about. We as New Testament church, Raven New Testament, we as this church right here don't want a rebuke from the Lord. God is welcome here at all times. As I said At the beginning of the service, we don't have no arguing and bickering back and forth. That's what God wants. He wants a happy church. We're supposed to be a happy people. We ain't supposed to walk around with a frown on our face. If ones of us that do, there's something wrong physically with our body. Because I know everybody in this church, and pretty much we are pretty happy. We don't want the rebuke of the Lord. We want to be recognized by the Lord as Smyrna and Philadelphia were. It is a victorious letter, especially when we compare the messages before and after the epistle. Sardis had a dead church, and the Laodiceans were lukewarm, lukewarm. Philadelphia means brotherly love. And this church lived up to its name. Jesus' nature being holy and true reveals the nature of believers in 2 Peter 1 and 4. We are taught that Christians are partakers of the divine nature. When the church is not holy or being faithful to truth, They have lost their statues as followers of Jesus. In Revelation 1 and 18, we see that Christ has the keys of hell and of death. This refers to his dominion or uh, dominance over these authorities. Likewise, the key of David speaks of Jesus' authority as the rightful heir to the throne of David. In Isaiah 22 and 22, we have a similar scripture about a man named Eliakim. It was prophesied of him that he would take the place of the king's treasurer, Shebna. Shebna encouraged the Israelites to be careful when they should have been repentant. The Lord gave the authority of the treasure house to Eliakim, He would be able to open and close it as he pleased. Jesus has been given the key to the throne of David. Many was told by the angel, or Mary was told by the angel. It says, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and his name, and and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the High. The Lord of God, or, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Luke 1 31 through 33 tells us he can, uh, or oh, that was Luke 1 31 through 33. But Jesus can open and close doors to the church as He wills. There's been a lot of churches that we've seen in the past that have failed. Jesus closed the doors on them. But that was man's failure, not God. A lot of people think it's uh, prestige to be a pastor of a church or an assistant pastor. These two gentlemen have a lot on their shoulders. The wives have a lot on their shoulders. They think it's all about the money. Maybe for a lot of churches. that's not that way here. Bubba could care less about the money. Tony could care less about it. They're out for winning souls. Brother Bubba worked a lucrative job and made a good living. He's now retired. Brother Tony works a good job One day he's going to retire. If the Lord tarries. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) If the Lord tarries. But what I'm getting at, these two gentlemen, they don't take this for granted. They're doing what God has ordained them to do. They're trying to lead us in the direction we should go. Brother Bubba gets up here and preaches his heart out. Brother Tony does the same thing. But they don't do it for money. They do it for the love of God. And that's what makes me happy to be a part of it. They're not in it for a dollar. And that's the way it should be. The works of Philadelphia seem to have made them worthy of an open door. Paul requested that the Colossians would pray that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ. There are other similar statements that connect the open door with service. They're in 1 Corinthians 6 and 9 and 2 Corinthians 2 and 12. But this church was going to have opportunities to spread the gospel to their city. Some have tried to make Christ statements that says, thou hast a little strength to be a reprimand. However, the connection of the following com- complements seemed to imply that the strength was blessed by God. Christ said that they kept my word and has not denied my name. There's a lot of people in this world today that's denying the name of Christ. They're going to continue to do it. Because man, in his sinful nature, is just defiant. Most spiritually strong individuals know their weakness. Paul said that the Lord said to him, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. God gives us everything we need. He supplies us with everything we need. Just as important as as an opportunity is the willingness to step through the open door, Jesus Christ seemed confident that this church would take advantage of the moment. I wonder if he can trust our churches with an open door of evangelism. We want souls to be added to our congregation, but would we step through the door to win the lost? That's our job. That is our job. Is soul winning an unwanted opportunity. I can't answer that. Only you can answer that. All will admit that pioneer holiness churches are needed, but who will take the challenge? Missions are important. Urgent tasks, and yet many pass uh, pass up the call because of more worldly interests. It's not enough to have an open door. There must be a willingness to go through the door and do God's work. Jesus added that no man can shut the door that he opens. This seems to say that there's an opposition in Philadelphia to the gospel, but they couldn't keep the church from its work. Many have tried to keep this church from its work. They fail. Why? Because this is God's church. We are God's people. And you can't stop us. They're trying. They're trying every day. And I'm going to tell you something here in a few minutes that uh, just to show you how much they are trying when I get to it, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Philadelphia was loyal to the word of God. The other churches allowed the doctrine of the Nicolaitans or of Balaam. One church allowed a wicked woman, Jezebel, to teach. This congregation was not like that. They defended the word of God. They also were obedient to the word of the Lord. Jesus told his disciples, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. It's obvious that there is a difference between having the word and keeping the word. We may read the Bible and memorize it without keeping the Word. We may enjoy a good preacher or teacher without keeping the Word. To keep the Word involves obeying the Word. It also involves loving the one who spoke the words. We're supposed to have love for Christ. Why not? He died for us. That's the least we can do is love him. Jesus taught that the manner of love that one has for him will be borne out by the way they keep his words. Obedience and love are hand in hand. Their loving loyalty is shown in the devotion to the name of the Lord. Pressure was upon these Christians to deny their Savior, but in the face of opposition, they would not turn traitor. We have to instill that in our kids today. No matter what, don't deny God. Stand true. Because if you deny him here, he's going to deny you there. And that's that's not something we want. That's not something we need. So we need to uphold his name and we need to carry his name with us while we walk through this world. And then when we get to the other side, we'll hear those words, well done. But people deny Christ here more or less to save face because they don't want human wrath to come upon them. They don't know what wrath is. God has a wrath that surpasses all man's wrath. We can't turn traitor in the face of danger. That's when we need to grab a hold to God more tightly. And mean it. Because God knows if you mean it or not. This church followed Jesus when it was not beneficial to this world, yet they would be comforted that the Lord noted their allegiance. Be one thing to be in this particular building with this particular crowd serving him right now and then walk outside those doors and do something totally different. Case in point, last Friday night we had a a week ago, we had a, a supper for the fishing team. And whenever it was over, the coach, when we was fixing to dismiss, the coach asked me to pray. I did. Asked God's blessings on the, on the anglers and on the boat captains and all the officials and everything. Well, that Saturday, I seen a feller. and I don't mind telling you who it was, it was David Wright, that owns the Wright motor parts. I said, David, I said, it's been a long time since I've seen you, buddy. I said, I'm sure glad to see you again. He said, well, I was wondering what happened to you. I said, well, I don't get out much no more. I said, sometimes it's health reasons, but other times I just don't want to be out in this world. I said, David, I said, I'm still Audie, but I ain't the same Audie. He said, yeah, I seen that last night. My job was done. I let someone see Christ in me. That's what we got to do. We got to show Christ in our everyday walk, and Christ will love us more. He can't love us no more than he did. But outside those doors is where it matters because that's where the sinners are. And if we show them outside these doors that we belong to Christ, that might be more of them that comes inside those doors. Romans 2, 28, 29, and 96 teaches that true Jews are not just born into the earthly family but also submitted to the will of God. These Jews were not truly children of Abraham in a spiritual sense. Although they still read from the law and offered prayers to Jehovah, their devotion was to his enemy. Let every church member learn from these people's mistakes. Outward show doesn't make a child of God. We've got to have it in here. If you've got it in here, then it's automatically going to come out. Nathanael received a high compliment from our Lord when he said that he was an Israelite indeed. These... uh, These false Jews were withstanding the church of Philadelphia. Twice the Lord called the believers to behold. It brings special attention to the blessing that he is going to give these people. Their offering or their offenders must come and worship God before their feet. This will be done to show the love of the Lord for them. Jesus commended this church for its faithfulness to the word of his patience. They were loyal to the command of the Lord to endure patiently the troubles that came their way. This was to be rewarded. It will also be rewarded when believers follow their example. Christ tells them that their keeping of his word would result in him keeping them from the future trial that would come upon the whole earth. Christ keeps us safe. That hedge that I spoke about in prayer a while ago, we should pray that prayer every day. Keep a hedge built around us, Lord. I pray it every night that he'll keep a hedge around my whole family, around this church, my church family, their families. I pray it every night. Job done it. Worked for Job. Job was a man just like me. God will do what you ask him to do if you're sincere. It's called the hour of temptation. The word temptation has the idea of adversity with it. Trials bring with them temptations. It is a specific time that will come. It will come upon all the world, to them that dwell upon the earth. Therefore, it'll be universal in its scope. It ain't going to just happen in, in Raven. And then a day later happening in Mobile. It's going to happen all at the same time. As it's going to happen whenever Christ raptures us away. All his children are going to be raptured at the same time. This has often been equated with the time of judgment that will come upon the whole earth it's obvious that there is a future time of trouble that will affect the world. God will pour out his wrath upon sinful man. And that's what I can't understand why these people just keep dallying and not getting serious about their salvation, getting serious about their future home? I I can't remember exactly what the song says but I don't want to call this place home We're pilgrims, we're passing through <clears throat> The church has warned that there are men who would like to steal their crown. This doesn't mean they, mean they can have the reward of the overcomer by theft. It does mean that there are people who would like to tempt the church to compromise. And that's what I wanted to talk about. The other day on the news, on the world news, Gwen and I were listening to it. And I got so upset. And she did too. And it bothers me. That a supposed man of God is going to tell this world that we have to come to man's compromises. I don't live by man's law. I live by God's law. Man's not going to judge me. God is. So the Pope all of a sudden says that it's all right to be gay. The world has got to compromise to man's standard. No, I don't. Neither do you. The only thing we've got to conform to is this. We conform to this. So what are they going to do? They're going to come shoot me? Come on. There it is again. To be absent from his body is to be present with the Lord. So do your worst to me. But there it is again. If, it ain't, if God ain't ready for me to go, you can sit there and shoot at me all day. I trust God. I don't trust man out there in that world. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Man out there in that world says, follow me. I'll make you rich. That's what Satan does. He paints you a pretty picture. Follow me and I'll make you famous. I don't want to be famous. I don't want to be rich I am rich rich in the glory of God see down here a thief can come take what you've worked for but up there he's not going to get it there's a supreme being standing guard over it. ain't no thieves going to be there no moths, no rust, nothing except glory. That's what we're going to have in heaven. <clears throat> there ain't going to be no sickness, ain't going to be no death, no crying, Thank you, Jesus. just glory. And that's what we're after. So, whenever this world comes to you and tells you, you've got to conform to man's law. No, you don't. Now, there's some things that the law, certain laws, benefits us, speeding tickets, you know, crime. But this is letting a man steal your soul when you start conforming to a man's law. That says, "Gays, it's okay. It's okay to be gay." It's not. In this Bible right here, God says, um, my 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 mind is working, but it's an abomination." If it was an abomination in the Old Testament. It's one in the new because Jesus said, I did not come to destroy the law. I come to fulfill the law. So the law was made in the Old Testament. Now we live under grace. We're saved by grace. But we still got this law that we've got to go by. This law, God's law. And whenever we get away from that, then that means we're conforming to man's law. So we're losing what's in here. And you're doomed. I don't, you know, we ain't scared to preach on hell in here. Because that's what we're trying to avoid. We're not scared to preach on the blood in here. Because that's what's going to save you. Brother Bubba can't save you. Brother Tony can't. I can't. Brother Kevin can't. But the blood that run down that cross right there can. That's why he died. To save us from sin. The ultimate sacrifice. The Lamb of God. So just keep in mind whenever we... When man starts spitting out these laws that you've got to conform to, you pray about it. But right off the bat, if it ain't a good law, if it ain't a good thing, God's going to tell you, no, you need to shy away from that, son. Please, don't go down that path. You stay with me. Hold tight to me. That's what God's telling us to do. If you loosen your grip, Satan's going to get in between your hand and that rope, and he's going to prize your hand loose, and you're going to fall. Ain't none of us perfect. None of us. We won't be perfect until we get to glory. That's when we're going to step into perfection. So right now, we've got to deal with the aches and the pains and... um, the riches and the poors and we've got to deal with all that stuff while we're here on earth. But one day when we cross over, we're going to step into perfection. We're going to leave imperfection and go to perfection. That constitutes a robe and a crown, does it not, Brother Tony? You will, Brother, uh, brother Donnie. That song in, on page 134, I'll have a new body. Yes. We're going to. Amen. Ain't going to be nobody walking on no crutches, no walking canes. Sister Betty, or uh, Sister Meanie ain't going to have that walker right there. My mama's not going to be crippled anymore. Nobody is going to have a physical disability. Nobody. My back and legs won't never hurt me again. I got to deal with it while I'm here. But now God helps me a lot with that too. You know, as he does all of us. He didn't say we wouldn't be sick. He didn't say we wouldn't have aches and pains. He didn't say that people wouldn't laugh at us and make fun of us because they do. He said that would happen. We would be persecuted and we are. But the whole time he's uh, <clears throat> he's telling us in my words, grab a hold, boy, and hang on. Never give up. Y'all seen the thing on uh T-shirts, I'm sure that where this uh where this old big sand egret gets him a bullfrog. And he's gonna swallow that bullfrog, and that bullfrog grabs him by the throat and goes to strangling him. And that frog in the saying up on her that her frog said, never give up. He's halfway down that egret's throat, but he's got his hand around that egret's throat choking him. He's gonna turn me loose and we both gonna die. Don't give up. Do not give up. I promise you, your reward will be great. It'll be more than you can ever go to a bank and get. It'll be more than anybody in this world will ever give you. I'd like to say that uh, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to teach before y'all. This is a beautiful crowd. I'd like to see it every Sunday, but I understand that people can't always be there. But today, it's not about audio. It's not about you. Today is Brother Bubba, Sister Brenda, Brother Tony, and Sister Tabitha's day. Pastor Appreciation Day. We need to stress this towards them. We need to let them know I know that we ain't supposed to hug necks and shake hands and all that, but you can still convey your love to them in a word. Let's show these two families what they actually mean to us today. Now, we're going to have catered meals after the service today. We would appreciate everybody that will stay and eat. We're gonna social distance. We got it set up up under a tent. I don't think we gotta worry about the weather getting too awful hot today. If we do, me and brother Kevin got fans out there that'll mess your hair up. But if you can't stay and eat, please fix you a plate. Now we're gonna. We got it fixed where we can social distance out here. Um, uh, there's going to be people out there serving us. Uh, if you have to go up to the bar to get anything, there will be masks at the end of the bar. We ask that you put a mask on for that particular area, but everything else, you go up there, they'll, they'll serve you what you want. Uh, cake and ice cream will be out there also. You can. Get you one and go, however, how you want to do that. But let's show our pastor and our assistant pastor and their wives how much we love and appreciate them today. That's what this is for. The Bible says a workman is worthy of his hire. These two right here are very worthy. I don't care what time of the day or night it is, you call them. They will come where they're needed. I promise you that. Brother Tony works down there in Foley. and Here a few years back, I called him one evening. and I said, Brother Tony, I said, oh, I know you're tired. I know you've worked all day, but is there any way that you can stop by the hospital here in Foley and offer some comforting words to this family of my friends? He could have said, Brother Aldi, i am just give out. I'm ready to go home. But he didn't. He said, just as soon as I get off from work, I'll be there. And he was. Now, it, it doesn't only stop with Brother Tony and Brother Bubba. It falls right on to us. They are our shepherds. They are our leaders. We are their followers. And as Christ appointed all of us apostles we have to take the bull by the horns and go out in this world and spread the gospel as they do to make their job a little easier because like I said they don't have an easy job I'm quite sure I've never been one but I'm quite sure that being a pastor and an assistant pastor is, is a struggle But if they didn't love it, if they didn't love the Lord, they wouldn't do it. And if they didn't love us. So on this day of pastor appreciation, just let them know how much you love them. Thank them for what they've done. And let's all stand and welcome each other to church. Thank you for joining us. Please feel free to share comments, prayer requests, or praise reports. Check back soon for additional episodes.